guys, welcome to episode 29 of The Doctor and the Dork. This is Frank here with our co-hostess Olivia. Hello everybody. So this week we're uh, probably going to make this a quick one, but uh, it is post-Christmas, New Year's is on the way, and uh, honestly it feels like a weird week. I'm not used to Christmas and New Year's being in separate weeks. Mm. I don't know, I feel like last year it was all part of the same week for me. Like, Christmas was on, like, a Wednesday or Thursday, and New Year's was, like, Tuesday. I don't know how to tell you this, but they're always the same number of days away. I know. They they just, I don't know, it felt closer last year. Christmas was on a Friday, and guess what day New Year's is on? Friday? Yeah, always one (laughs) week apart. Um, But, yeah. All right. So, uh, guys, how was your Christmas this year? I would say uh, ours was pretty good. Olivia, what do you think? Yeah, I think we had a pretty nice Christmas. Yeah? You get anything good? Uh, well, I haven't seen my family yet for my presents, but I got a nice coffee maker from Frankie, which is very nice. <laughs> um, And I got lots of Lord of the Rings stuff, so I can't mm. be salty about that. It's uh, always a good Christmas when you get Lord of the Rings stuff. But shout out to my aunt and uncle and my grandparents and my parents and Olivia's parents and who else has given us gifts? Um, I don't know. Your grandmother. And I think that's it, right? That was, I think so. And all of our friends, I believe that, that would be uh, that we're exchanging gifts with. But all right, guys. Um, and I got one other shout out. And that would be to my buddy Demon Hunter. I've been playing uh, video games with this guy for years and years. And uh, no matter how long we take breaks, we always come back and we end up playing again together. Is that his name, Demon Hunter? Well, it's his handle on the PlayStation. Are you going to give him a real shout out? I don't know his last name. I know his name's Frank. Oh, really? like mine, yeah. Did you meet him on the internet? I did. I oh. met him online. I met him playing Destiny back in the day when PS4 first came out. Hmm. Actually, I say PS4. No, my God. It was, uh, God, was it? P- it was PS4. Yeah, it wasn't back on PS3, I don't believe. For some reason, I thought I was one of your army pals. Nope. I uh, started playing with him while I was in the army. In fact, he uh, showed me how to do the Crota raid for Destiny 1. Um, it was their first, I think it was their first DLC they had. And uh, he was this boss. He showed me how to uh, do the sword um, for that boss raid. And uh, that actually was awesome because not a lot of, well, I don't want to say not a lot of people knew how to do it, but not everyone knew how to do it. Mm. So it was cool to know how to do it the right way. Gotcha. Um, all right. And uh, so one of the things you got for Christmas was, Nine. oh, jeez. Tony, um, oh, Tony man, Hawk I'm, I'm Pro Skater. Over here. <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. The remastered. Or re- Which I brought up on the last podcast and I subtly suggested maybe Frankie should get it for me for Christmas. I picked up that subtle hint, guys. So, uh, yeah. How are you liking it? Um, I like it. I have some like complaints about it, though. Like Spiral, they just remastered so well. They like kept everything old, and they just made everything look better, which I feel like is 
all anybody's looking for when they play a remastered video game. But Tony Hawk Pro Skater, they went and changed the soundtrack. They changed the way a couple of things look in the game. They added new challenges. And they just made, like, overall things a lot harder. Like, before on the game, you could pull off really cool stunts that, like... I don't disagree that you shouldn't probably have been able to pull off, but you could. <laughs> so then when you go to attempt those same things now and you don't even come close, it's a little bit frustrating. Mm, you know? I feel you. But it's still enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I dread that when they... So I haven't picked up Final Fantasy VII yet, but I dread picking that up and finding out that they have changed things, being yeah. able to look back on it and go from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah I hope they haven't done anything too crazy like that. So, but moving on, guys, I got uh, I was gonna do some talking this week about um, RPGs, role playing games, and specifically uh, open world role playing games because they have turned out to be just my bread and butter. Um, I can't find a single one of them that I haven't absolutely loved. Though they do start to feel a bit cookie cutter after some time. Because it's really get a quest, find something, grind, repeat, grind, repeat. Mm. And uh, I was just going to talk about a couple of them. So we got The Witcher 3, which let me just start off with this one. I never played The Witcher 3. I never played Witcher 1 or 2. And um, I have been loving The Witcher 3. I am off of work this week because uh, I took vacation time, and I have been grinding out Witcher 3, and my god, you can't do it in a week, I tell you that much. You need several months. Mm. This is definitely like a 600-hour kind of game. Yeah. And uh, I've been really grinding away at it, but I feel like I'm barely putting a dent in it. I'm still in Velen, which is like the beginning area. I've got most of the map discovered, but there's just so much going on Mm. that I'm like... I don't know really it's hard to just pick and choose where to go because it's like okay yeah you could follow the main quest and grind that out and do the bare minimum and beat the game but Mm -hmm. at a certain point it's like well i'd like to go enjoy all the nice little things they add in because they add all these little quirks in but then i hop over to games like fallout um which i loved fallout 3 fallout new vegas and fallout 4 Mm -hmm. um all of which were fantastic games um, now I never played Skyrim, um, which was another one um, that really was just fantastic that uh, you could really dump a lot of hours into. And uh, yeah, I just I don't know uh, why I never got into it. But yeah, I, I kind of think I will in the future because they remastered it already. So they brought it back with better graphics, and they've released, you know, all the... the PS5 or what? Well, they remastered it for the PS4. Oh. So it's actually supposed to be really good. Um, So the last one I really wanted to kind of gloss over here was Monster Hunter World. And Monster Hunter World has been uh, near and dear to me because I got into Monster Hunter while I was uh, playing on my Nintendo DS... And I loved that game. A couple of my buddies had it, and we all used to play together because you had to be near each other to play together. So it's not like we were playing like online. It was mm. like Bluetooth locally. We were all on bunk beds, yeah. you know, right next to each other, and it was lots of fun. Yeah. We played the hell out of that game together, <laughs> and uh, those were some really good times. So when Monster Hunter World came out, because I think that was Monster Hunter Three. I could be wrong, though. I really don't remember. But 
Monster Hunter World came out, and it was really just everything I ever wanted, except not on a Nintendo DS and on a console. Mm. And my buddy um, Frank and Demon Hunter and I played the hell out of this game. Yeah, I mean, we sank crazy. Well, I sank crazy amount of time. I think he was in and out because he got on that train a little late. Yeah, the Um, life maybe. Yeah, but he picked it back up again because their DLC for it came out like a year and a half after the game released. Mm. So it was actually earlier this year or late last year that the DLC actually came out. What does DLC stand Um, for? for Downloadable content. Okay. So the DLC was basically a whole brand new game some dlcs are just a small add-on right Mm -hmm. you know you get it and it adds an extra six hours of gameplay and Mm -hmm. you get a couple of cool things it adds end game content to it no so iceborne came out for monster hunter world and they didn't just add like a couple hours of content Mm -hmm. they added a whole new game Wow! like they added several new worlds and things like that why do you think they did that instead of just releasing a whole new game and charging you money for it Uh, well they did so Uh they released it it's kind of funny so you have to buy it at so you have to buy your dlcs um so they make their money off of it but and they charged it like it was a real game i mean i think it's like 40 bucks but it's it's so worth it yeah um and i went and picked that up and uh eventually my buddy demon will grab it and uh, we'll, I'll end up playing that, and I'll be able to actually talk about it. It's old news by now, but I look forward to it because it's just so much he's fun. He's already me. been playing without you. No, he's been playing offline, so uh, he's still on the original game right now. So, but yeah, that that was kind of my big thing with that. Now, moving into the big flop of this year, which was also another open world game, and that was Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, they. Uh, they really just they you know so the game flopped it was on and specifically i want to say it flopped on ps4 and the xbox um the new new gen consoles though they've really been exciting i was just watching a video tonight about uh the graphics comparison between ps4 and ps5 and it's Mm. just night and day yeah you know like the ps4 just can't load it it just can't handle it um so but uh, I found something interesting about this game because, you know, it was supposed to be this great game. And I'm sure in a year after they work all the bugs out, it will be the game they hyped it up to be. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, um, CD Projekt Red is actually being sued right now by two different law firms, hmm. um, by investors that, uh, you know, early on invested in the game because uh, they're sent, they're alleging that, you know, um, CD Projekt Red wasn't very transparent with how the game was going to be on current generation consoles so it's their own fault you're investing and somebody's unclear to you and you decide to invest in them anyways well the thing is cd project red went oh hey like this will work and it didn't did they or were they just a little fuzzy about it and now investors realize why they were a little fuzzy about no, it? No, they they um so the CEO was actually very clear when he said it would work just fine for older gen, yeah. but it would be preferred if it would operate on a next gen console. It wasn't entirely a lie, it is preferred. Well yeah, exactly. So it wasn't entirely a lie, but I Do you think they're gonna win? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think the investors. Look, are this is win. the day and age where you know Red Bull can get sued because they don't give you wings. Wasn't this game still a huge success regardless of all the refunds? Like, shouldn't investors probably be happy anyways? Um, 
Yeah, it really was by any other metric. Yeah. Other than happiness, I mm. guess I would, or ratings. PR. Yeah. So any other metric, they really did. They killed it in sales. Um, so I guess they they set out what they you know aimed to accomplish, um, but they really took a beating with PR, which for game studios is kind of a big thing mm. because you build a reputation around you know that studio like oh hey you know they rolled out witcher 3 or you know they rolled out um fallout or mm-hmm. one bad game will tank your reputation and there's really no coming back from that that's mm-hmm. one of those because what happens is the next time you go to come out so say yeah you have one brand mm-hmm. um we'll just go with fallout for example so say you know uh, bethesda rolls out a bad fallout game so, yeah, players will go, oh, well, they had all these other good ones. So the next time a Fallout game comes out, people are probably still going to buy it. Uh-huh. But Bethesda turns around and goes, oh, yeah, we're just rolling out this other game now, too. A lot of people are going to be really hesitant because they're yeah. just not going to be all about it. They're yeah. going to question whether the studio can handle it because it's mm-hmm. something new. And if they're can, and if they able to botch something that they know how to do, yeah. how are they going to handle something new? That makes um, sense. So... And the last thing I wanted to go over, still in the world of gaming, guys, is uh, so um, Google, their uh, subsidy there, I believe it's uh, DeepMind, or uh, I'm probably botching the name, but I need to say it, they're a subsidy of Google. They have an AI called Moo Zero. And Moo Zero is interesting because they've built AIs in the past that could play chess, and they've built AIs that could play, you know, Pac Man or you know pong and stuff like that simple games Mm -hmm. but playing chess and playing pac-man are two very different algorithms so like chess is really you make a move and then it's like reading a tree right so all the computer all the ai has to do is read every possible branch from that move from that point and it's able to figure out where it wants to go Mm -hmm. so it just looks very far in the future because it can't change it's based on set excuse me uh, set rules that never change now, when you go look at something like Pac-Man, things are changing all the time. So you have different maps. Um, the ghosts move faster, slower. They move in different directions. There's different numbers of them. And you have different amounts of power-ups and fruit and whatnot scattered around the map. So the AI has to make decisions based off of all of that. So what it really does is um, it's kind of a three-part stage, which I was just reading up on, and it this is it, this part is easy for me to understand, but what actually happens, I have it's a bit harder for me to get. Yeah. But so what it does is it makes a move, um, and then it has a second step, and it makes that first move based off of what it sees on the map. So it makes a move based off of what it sees, and then it also makes that move based off of what it knows has happened in the past yeah so it kind of has a three-step process there and uh what's cool is this ai apparently they implemented this adaptive learning into it where it can swap between a rule-based game such as chess to kind of a more open game like pac-man where it's anything can happen and who knows where it's gonna go Mm. so it's kind of a toss-up right there um but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where this is going to go in the future because, uh, as you guys know, I'm constantly interested by AI. It's really just something that I love to watch. Mm. I'm sort of half afraid of it and sort of in love with it because it's super cool, but at the same time, it's like, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, hell, they just, uh, who was it? Um, 
was it Boston uh, Dynamics? Was it the Ro- Boston Robot Dynamics or I whatever no it is? I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? You've never heard of Boston Dynamics? It's like Robot Dynamics. They make all the next-gen robots. Mm. Well, they just released a Christmas video of one of the robots dancing. Mm. Like, they're already there. Like, they, they've already get... They're the guys that, like, you see videos of them poking the robots with, like, a stick and knocking yeah. it over or pushing a box around the room while it tries to pick it up. Mm. And uh, those that's those guys. I'm pretty sure it's Boston Dynamics or something like that. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll actually talk about them next week or the week after. Okay. Um. But that's all I got this week. I'm gonna hand it over to Olivia. All right. I just have a couple things to share with you guys. The first one, I'm not sure if Frankie saw, um, but did you see that the USDA updated their nutrition guidelines? I did not. So I'm not going to really focus on the actual guidelines, like what was in them. I'm going to actually focus on what was not in them. So there are a couple of recommendations that academics and experts in the field had suggested to them that essentially they decided there wasn't enough evidence for and decided to leave out. Um, But I think when you hear what those are, you'll find that a bit interesting. So the first thing that these people had recommended is that we change the Um, Daily amount of added sugar consumption to be from 10% of daily intake to 6%. So essentially reducing 4% of the added daily sugar uh, in your thing. And they cited that obesity is becoming a rising issue in America and so is diabetes. And that by reducing added sugar, um, hopefully we could combat those things. Furthermore, they said that toddlers and children less than two should have zero percent added sugar in their diet well that makes sense it does but then the usda said no we're not gonna put that in the guidelines really yeah and the article then went on to say it's likely because of all the lobbying that goes on there which we heard a little bit about in this book we listened to called miss my doctor told me um but i just thought it was interesting because in that book we listened to the guy was basically like We're living in this cycle where people go to school, they learn what these guidelines say, and they come out and they're essentially just regurgitating what's in the guidelines. So here I kind of saw for the first time we have actual, like, academics and doctors saying, no, we actually, like, need to change some of the things in here and that, like, they're still not being changed. And there's some pushback. Yeah. Okay. So So Sugargate is currently happening. Exactly. It's in full force. (laughs) Um, The other recommendation they made that was not put into the guidelines was that currently the guidelines say men are allowed two drinks per day and women recommended one drink per day. They actually recommended that men also go down to one drink per day and they cited that there's increased deaths with increased alcohol consumption even in men um, and they didn't change that one either. So overall, pretty interesting. You can go read the full USDA updated guidelines if you want, um, but in terms of your sugars, it's stayed just about the same. Hmm. Um, The only other thing I really wanted to touch on today was a couple of the other Rona vaccines. Um, As everybody knows, Pfizer and Moderna both have theirs um, emergency use authorized in the U.S. So I know people are probably wondering what other phase three vaccines are there out there. So I thought I'd list off a few in case anybody is looking to invest for the new year. Um, The first one is Johnson & Johnson. I think everybody's pretty aware of them as a company in general. The second one was AstraZeneca. So AstraZeneca's actually already found theirs to be about 70% effective. And I actually read somewhere that they might not even be submitting to the U.S. Um, And I'm guessing that's just because theirs is so much less effective. Also, you come into a real uh, moral predicament there in terms of 
if you if another vaccine gets approved right now and it's anything really less than 90 percent how are you as a doctor gonna like Recommend promote it. that vaccine yeah and i mean mm. you're going to because 80 percent effective or 70 percent effective is still way better than nothing at all but no, it it's makes gonna sense. stink if one patient comes in and you just ran out of moderna's vaccine and now you have to give them astrazeneca's vaccine you know what i mean <laughs> that is true um so that's interesting. And then the other two that I've read about are Inovio. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. And Novavax, which I feel like Novavax has been in the news a lot for their vaccine. So I don't know. Maybe invest in Inovio. Maybe it's cheaper. I have no idea what the stock values are <laughs> for any of these. So where are they? Because you said they're in stage three, right? Yeah. So um, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca are towards the end and well, I shouldn't say end, towards a close point of being able to do data analysis. The other two, I believe Novavax just started their phase three trial. And Novio, I'm not entirely sure where they stand, maybe in the middle. Mm. That's kind of interesting. Why? I guess I'm curious why anyone would even go into stage three at this point with two vaccines already across the finish line. Well, they know that those vaccines aren't going to be able to put up, mm. out enough manufacturing so that's true they're probably looking at the global stage and not just america yeah and also they've already sunk this much money into it because in order to even get into a phase three trial first you had to do all the stuff in the lab so you're thinking about the researchers it took the lab technicians you paid for the product materials you paid for i mean a lot of that they're not paying for because they got substantial money to subsidize <laughs> that but and then you go into phase one trial where basically or preclinical trials where basically you're giving it to like mice and other um, animals and just making sure it doesn't kill them and that it looks okay and then you go into the next step and you're giving it to a few patients so by the time you get to face so you've sunk so much time energy and yeah money you're into, like a couple hundred you're like we might there. as well just see i mean i guess you know what i would love to hear you talk about mm. is the price tag on stuff like this oh, i mean yeah. are we talking are they a half a million dollars in i mean mice are kind of cheap um, I mean, I'm assuming yeah, lab I'll mice bring it cheap. up. I'll tell you what, how this is a little different because usually the average length it takes to get a drug to market is closer to 15 years. So this will be a unique situation. But yeah, we'll talk about time and money. But yeah, I'm kind of curious if we're talking a hundred million, a billion, one million. We'll talk about another episode, but it yeah. does raise the point because you know I'm sure afterwards when public after this finally passes and public interest dies down, mm-hmm. kind of like what happened with Zika, you know, where you had all these companies looking into making a vaccine for Zika and stuff like that, um, and then public interest just dies off when it when the disease wanes. Yeah. They're kind of left footing the bill. And I'm kind of curious what that bill looks like. Mm. I mean, I don't need to know down to the penny. Yeah. But are we talking this is going to cripple yeah, I'm a company? Sure I can find, like, at each phase of the trial, how much money has been put mm. into it up to that point. This will be interesting. Um, for next week, I'm hoping to do some researching and give you guys the full lineup in terms of when who can expect to receive the vaccine. So right now it's mostly been like frontline healthcare workers. Um, I believe people with pre-existing conditions and people in like nursing homes are going to be next on the roster. Um, but I just thought it'd be nice for you guys to know like A, what is a pre-existing condition going to consist of? And two, if I'm just like a generally healthy person interested in getting the vaccine, when am I going to be able to expect to see it? Mm. Also, I'm just going to mention this because Frankie had asked about this last week and that is um, 
once I get vaccinated, am I going to need to wear a mask? And I said, I'm sure there's some number that once X percent of people are vaccinated, we might not have to wear a mask, but I didn't know what number. We actually listened to a video this week of Dr. Fauci talking about it, and essentially he settled on a nice big range of somewhere between 70 to 85 percent. So let's let's just say 85 (laughs) percent. Once 85 percent of the population is vaccinated, then we can engage in discussions about not wearing masks. Yeah, which sounds like he was he was hoping for uh, what was it late summer, early fall? He was guesstimating. Basically, Which, by the time we enter 2022, maybe something <laughs> will have gotten back to normal. Yeah, so next year is kind of bot, but... Yeah. I oh, know. you know, we almost uh, missed something. We got our gym memberships. I already had my gym membership. Well, I got yeah, my gym got membership. membership. So, uh, yeah, we're back at the gym working out. How's it feel? So, it, uh, it feels good and yet terrible. I hate running with a mask on. I'd like to give a shout out to Connor, who works the front desk. Connor, if you listen to this podcast. Tell, I'm going to tell him next time we go, and I'll be like, Connor, you should listen to our podcast. You, just, you seem like a really nice guy. He really does. You, you know see, also seem like a wicked soccer player. Like, I bet you were the captain of your soccer team. I, uh, you know what gets me? Is he knows everyone. Like, we talked about this He state. even knew us when he came in. He's like, yeah. oh, good morning. You guys going to go over there and do the skin? I was like, Well, wow. he did just sign me up. I guess. So, and I do have bangs. Yeah, so I doubt there's too many people running around with bangs. But what what gets me is he knows every like we're sitting there talking and he's like, oh hey so and so, and it's like without him even looking at the computer screen to see who tagged well, exactly because yeah. I was like, oh maybe it's because of the computer no. screen. You know what it is? They must just be the regulars that yeah. like he sees all the time. Yeah, I'm betting that's what it is. Honestly, I suppose. I mean, I'm sure when you work there every single morning that like you get used to the same. 30 people that come yeah. in during the morning yeah at the same time like clockwork still, you know what there's a lot of employees i'm sure that work there in the morning that have not put in the effort to do that so no that's true because i i went there for a year yeah and never knew a name of a single employee there yeah and i already know this Connor's guy name. i already know connor i called him colin the first time like, <laughs> connor. And I was like, okay sorry um but yeah like so he really does go the extra mile yeah, he waved to me i was running in the movie theater and he went up i think he was taking yeah. his break or something yeah, and uh and he was nice because he one he had already saw i signed in for the spin class which i don't even know how he knew that i was already he's like oh you're going to spin today right and i was like yeah i sure am and then he told you he's like just so you know there's an npc if you want to join that is true it's nice of him so oh speaking of spin i have to sign up for that it's already overbooked (laughs) oh geez yeah well guys have a fantastic new year's i think that's all we have right yeah that's all we got listen to episode 30 to listen to our wonderful guest don that is true don will be emailing you soon with some pre-questions and then we'll probably (laughs) surprise you with a couple random ones too But uh, we look forward to doing episode 30, guys, and we hope you had a fantastic Christmas and have a great New Year's. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you at episode 30. Later.